50. I don't know if she wants the world to know that, but some ladies came Wait, over. How we old is B Tosca? We were at BPI. And one of the ladies I was with came over and she said, you know, you'll be surprised how fast they grow up. And I thought, are you kidding me? And now they're growing up and gone. So oh, yeah. Enjoy every minute. Yeah. You know, pe people, you know, my, my mother and my grandmother said that to me because uh, I have four kids and they, they said it with every kid. And I, by the last one, I was like, you know, I, I don't feel like that's the way it is. I, you know, I really want them to get to at least age five to start pouring their own cereal. That's my favorite age because oh, they yeah. still adore you. They're still so cute and loving and lovable. And then they get yeah. to 12 and oh, things <laughs> go downhill kind of quickly. Um, but there's, hey. that, that, there's that meme floating around on Facebook, right? That says that I'm so glad that my son turned 14 and, and knows everything, even more than his father and I. We're so proud. <laughs> like, yeah, how do I feel? Oh, I, I have so shown true. that meme to my kids as well. Uh, I'm well, trying to guys. find the best spot here. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but guys, it is Saturday night and you are live. With the Spilling Ink crew, I am the Jason Lavelle, and I'm rocking a brand new. I got to get closer. Maybe I just don't have good light. My brand new uh, fuzzy, my fuzzy pinks flannel, which I love. And then, if you look to the middle top of your screen, you'll see the Captain Trainwreck, Katie Salinas, who is rocking the Go Indie Now shirt right. today. Go Indie Now, representing. Heck so if Joe's yeah. watching tonight. Hey. <laughs> yes, we love Go Indie Now. He's got a lot of great shows out there. And then the evil, the mysterious Frost Queen, Miss J.E. Taylor. Hi, guys. I, I'm running out of ways to say that you're you're evil and creepy. But seriously, guys, if you read her books, you would be frightened. <laughs> you would be frightened. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, and just below Jane, we have, and we actually have two brand new guests on tonight. So I'm super excited about this because we usually get a lot of repeat guests uh, and we love you guys too, but new people are great. So Laura, you're going to have to help me with your last name. Moncrief, it's Scottish. Moncrief. All right. Laura Moncrief. And Laura, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm a mother, grandmother, and great-grandmother, and uh, I can't believe I'm on your show, but, but thank you for having me. <laughs> well, you're very welcome. I'm excited to have you. And then over to the left, I'm hoping that the screen is the same on everybody else's because I'm saying left and right and up and down, and it might not be. But over to the left, we have someone... <laughs> if not, that, Amanda's that... going to look awfully young for a great-grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> we have we have 70-year-old... <laughs> We have the amazing and one of my writing and personal heroes. I'm sorry, this is a fangirl moment for me, Katie. You know, I, I can't help it when I do this. Uh, Amanda Jete Knox. Hi. I'm glad to be here. I have a fuzzy blanket. Hello from Canada. I'm wrapping myself in it. I'm in the basement and it's really, really cold. So I don't want to freeze to death on your show. I feel like that wouldn't be good for ratings. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> it oh, people love Although people love a train wreck. That's true. <laughs> and Amanda, can you tell me who who set up that studio for you? Who set up your little studio room? Uh, my daughter Alexis set up the studio for me. Um, and then my son Jackson, who is 13, basically just gave her a hard time while she did it. So he helped too in his That's own essential. little brother way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did not do this myself. I can take no credit. I have a ring light. I have a fancy camera. I borrowed a microphone from the children and I'm ready to go. I say they, awesome. you got to give them high fives because you, you do. It sounds great in there. Oh, yeah. Good job, kids. I'll, yeah. I'll give them extra allowance or I won't make them shovel the driveway tomorrow when it snows. Ooh, well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that could be their prize. That's right. You don't have to die. <laughs> oh, that's right. Well, and I'll always, as always, everyone, uh, Baby Yoda is here with me tonight. Aww. Baby Yoda says hello and welcome to Spilling Ink. And 
very very sad that it's probably another year until we get season two of the mandalorian oh, um, oh we, that's too long to wait we can't get into that it's a sensitive subject it's pretty rough <laughs> okay 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 i've got a, a funny story that happened this week just a little aside so speaking of the child um it was career week at my youngest school and so they asked me or actually i was literally dragged up to the teacher and told you're going to talk to my class so I did, and it's a kindergarten class, mind you. So I'm trying to, to talk to them about writing. And I go, okay, does anybody have any questions? And everybody's hand shoots up in the air. And I'm like, oh, this is really great. I'm like, okay, and I pick one. And they look at me and go, how old are you? <laughs> like, okay, you know, let's, let's play with that. I was like, go ahead, guess. And then of course they all start oh, no. throwing out ages. My favorite one was 200. <laughs> that's, that's close. You are an immortal being, right? So there, there you go. There's my my funny child story for the week. <laughs> I am officially 200 years old. Oh. Okay. <laughs> you look great. <laughs> really good. I want to talk skincare after we're off the air. No problem. <laughs> you you look a lot like Brad Pitt in Interview with a Vampire. When, I mean, just I don't know if that's so a compliment. No, it's good. <laughs> He was beautiful, wasn't he? <laughs> beautiful. He really was. <laughs> oh, so we, we've already got some some comments going on here. Actually, I have lots of comments going on here. Our most recent one is uh, from Rebecca Jonesy. Your kid outed you as a vampire. I like it wasn't it. my kid that said it, though. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, indirectly your kid, yeah. when you think about it, right? Yeah, yeah I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> so... Everybody knows us three. Well, maybe not everybody if we've got new viewers tonight, but with you two on the bottom, oh, that, that feels bad. Can we turn them around and make them on top? Make them so they're the, like the fine. focal point? We're fine. I'm okay here. I'm good here. So, you guys are just having too much fun. That's, this is what they call work. That's the name of the game. Well, this show is about writing and publishing, but... A big part of writing and publishing is, you know, having your scotch and your baby Yoda and doing a little bit of writing and then getting distracted and laughing and hanging out with friends. So that's kind of what we're doing. We're just, we're living that writer life right now. But uh, but we do want to know. I am so glad to hear that because, uh, as you know, I, I love Tosca and she loves her job, uh, well, her work, writing and everything. And I can't wait to tell her, I thought you were so busy writing and working all the time i had no idea that you were having so much fun with this so oh yeah this is what I'm we do tell her. yeah yes <laughs> this is the glamorous life right here so, yeah so laura your your daughter is tosca lee who is who has been on this show uh, she might have been on the show more than once actually and uh she is uh, a kind of a hot shot author she wrote she she writes a lot of books and her most recent two are um, the line between and a single light her uh, post-apocalyptic thrillers which were fantastic but what do you write are, are you in that same vein of, of spooky scary stuff no no i don't watch scary at all my books that i've written the eight i've written are all genealogy family histories a uh, couple of well i did write about i dug up all the information I could on a couple old pioneer cemeteries and wrote on each of the people buried in those cemeteries. So that's about as spooky as it gets for me. All right. So, by the way, you're breaking up a lot. So if I'm answering the wrong question, I'm not drinking. Really. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wish I were. <laughs> yeah. Well, what is your, what is your book that you, that you just released? I didn't hear that. Did you, you just released a book, correct? Are you talking about my little travel book? Yeah. Can you, oh, can yeah. you tell us about it's that? Just yeah. a short little, it's just a little short travel book that gives you all kinds of tips on how to travel with less stuff so that you can be freer and enjoy your trip instead of worrying about all that luggage getting, being weird of you know when you get on the little boat or on the little plane or something so uh it's just a handy little thing after all these years of travel i've learned you don't need a ton of stuff to travel 
So I just whipped it up, told you some key ingredients and things. You can get the lists that tell you what to pack so you don't even have to think. You just get the list, you check off each item, and you go, I know Laura told me this was going to work, and it's going to work. So that's it. I, I like Easy. the part where you don't have to think. That's, that's wonderful. <laughs> of course that's, you do, Jason. That's great. I, I really like that. Ouch. <laughs> I like the sass here. Have me on all the time, please. Oh, my God. It's, it's all sass all the time. <laughs> okay. All right. Serious question, then. Can you give us one tip without spoiling too much in the book? Give us one really good travel tip. Uh, okay. Um, well, you know, in the little uh, court bag that you take that ha has to go through security, you can put all kinds of things in there. And my, my best tip in there is if you're gone for one week, you put in one little travel toothpaste. And if you're gone for four weeks, you put in four of them. But everything else is identical in your suitcase, whether you're going for one week or four weeks. You take the exact same stuff, you just take more toothpaste. I seriously will tell you, you, you can go all over the world with no. that. What if you only brush your teeth once a week, though? How does that work? <laughs> no, you got to brush them every day if you want to keep up. <laughs> Besides, unless you're going to the moon, they're going to sell more toothpaste if you happen to be a five times a day toothbrusher or something. <laughs> uh, well, We're going to have a talk about your dental hygiene well, habits. Yeah. Today, so. there, there's an intervention yeah. after this yeah. portion of the yeah. show. Well, let, you don't let me like my son and have nine cavities. <laughs> well, let me tell you this. Then. So that's my best tip. I'm going to listen to you because it's still breaking up. <laughs> uh, so I will tell you, if you want to talk about dental hygiene, I am I'm going to be 40 in just a few days, I have never had a cavity in my life. Yeah, you wow. like my husband. Can anyone else say that? No, no my husband's been. Once husband. a week toothbrushing, guys. <laughs> Dude, no. Ew. I, I'm like a dog. I need a dental every three to four years, and then I'm, I'm good to go. <laughs> Wait a minute. That doesn't count if you don't go to the dentist. You can't claim no cavities if you never go to the dentist. Right, right. Exactly. Uh, That's one of the first things I look at if I'm going to date somebody is I look in their mouth to see if those are their real teeth. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, you are yeah. a big plus. So we got travel and dating tips now. <laughs> well, taking a break from the, the dating tips... We've got uh, Amanda Jete Knox over here, and you have a best-selling book that that released last year, right? Yeah, it came out at the end of July. Well, tell us and, all uh, about Love Lives Here. Uh, so it's a memoir about my family, um, and uh, we've been through a few changes in the last few years. Um, so first our, well, at the time middle child, because we had not adopted yet, our middle child was 11 in 2014 and came out to us uh, and said, I'm a girl. And so I had to learn a lot about what being transgender meant. And the following year, uh, my spouse of then 18 years told me that she was also a woman. So I, once again, sort of had to learn about what it looks like to support um, someone who's an adult through transition. Um, and through all this, realized um, that I was very, 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 very gay. Um, <laughs> and Wait, what so, was that? Wait, so what were you again? <laughs> I was very, very, very gay. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I've always known that, but that comes out too. So a lot of comings out in the book. Um, and uh, the thing about it is that we all stuck together and we, uh, we learned and we unlearned. Um, and I chronicle a lot of my mistakes in there because I made plenty of mistakes. Um, and, and the wins of our family. And, and really the win is that we are a lot happier on the other side of all these transitions, all these changes. Um, and we're still kind of the same boring family, um, you know, who fights setting up, um, you know, YouTube and podcast spaces in the basement. So, yeah, there you go. That's it in a nutshell. <laughs> well, and that 
that was a nutshell. But what she's what she's not telling you is that this this book was uh, pretty groundbreaking, I think, for a lot of people. Um, it is a a huge hit, um, but not only that, it has opened a lot of people's eyes um, and taught a lot of people uh, many things, which I think is incredible um, as an author. So, and you were just, I'm, I'm searching for the picture right now. I was going to put it on there just to mess with you and I can't find it. You were just, <laughs> weren't you, you were just named one of the uh, most influential women of 2019 in Canada, weren't you? Okay, so yeah, uh, for yeah for twenty for twenty twenty, they uh, chose twenty five women, uh, women of influence, and I am one of those women. I haven't quite thanks. I haven't quite quite wrapped my head around that yet, but uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to Toronto uh, in a few weeks. I'm bringing my eldest, who is twenty three. Uh, we're going together, and uh, we are going to. Um, uh, I'm going to get an award for, I, I don't know, writing a book, uh, sticking up. Uh, for people on Twitter. I don't know exactly why, but that's cool. <laughs> Thank you. Congratulations. Amazing. Thank yeah. you. Maybe this episode is all about humility. I mean, maybe that's... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was so funny. I think that we, we sometimes put writers and authors, especially on some kind of pedestal. And, um, and, and what I've realized, like, I wanted to I wanted to publish a book my whole life. So finally this book gets published. It gets published by a large publishing house. I am, you know, on cloud nine, but my life is pretty much the same. I mean, we're all, you know, we're just, we're just people. It's, it's, you know, we're just people. Now I just have a book I can show people. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) And I have, I have a question for you here. So, and, and this is something that we've, we've talked about on the, on the show before with various people. It's, you know, when when we as authors release a book, um, we're we're actually we're we're putting a little bit of our our soul out there for the people that are going to read it, and that can be nerve wracking. It can be really daunting um, because once once it's out there, you you can't really take it back, and then people are seeing what you what you thought and what you felt and 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 what your what your skill level is, I guess, um, and that's scary, especially for guys like me. Um, but um, with yours being a memoir did it was there a difference do you think do you think you felt a more personal connection was it especially scary when you sent it off sent it off to be published published or no well i think that you know i think anytime you put a piece of yourself out into the world whether it's fiction or nonfiction, it's definitely a vulnerable feeling um i haven't written a, a work of fiction that's been published so i wouldn't know what that's like but uh yeah i would say there's probably an extra element when it is not only um non-fiction but really very much about your life and your family um and uh and on a topic that is so misunderstood still that's uh that's a that's a big part of it we get a lot of hate as a family we have way more love than hate like way more we were we were downtown at one of the malls today and we kept getting stopped by people you know just saying love your book love your family follow you on twitter you know it's just so nice we've never had a negative uh interaction in in public with people um but yeah i mean you you, you write this it's a piece of not only my life, but my family's life, my children's lives, my spouse's life. And then um, you send it off and you just know that once it's out there and it's on paper, that's it. Somebody else now owns the rights to this in their own way. They can do what they want with it. And it's, yeah, it's a little terrifying. I I had a little breakdown after. (laughs) Little tiny breakdown. Had to bump up my anxiety meds. Uh, uh, well, Regine said we we do put authors on shelves. We put them on bookshelves. That was very clever. Very Regine. clever. Very clever. I, I wish I, I knew your real name, but <laughs> I think there's a bit of a caveat there. We do tend to put some authors on pedestals, but we also like to knock them off as well. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, so, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a bit of both. <laughs> oh man, I I do it. I've got certain authors on pedestals. I mean, and and they're my. They're all my my current favorite reads kind of thing. Like um, still on the pedestal right now is uh, Victoria Schwab. Um, I have a major crush on her writing. She is just kind of my idol uh, for fantasy. Um, and then also Pierce Brown, who's another fantasy author. And uh, they're they're both still on the pedestal for me, which is why I'm trying so hard to get them on the show because once I can talk to them, it's like, oh, okay, this is a human being. That's all right. I don't have to 
you know, I don't have to be so scared of them and intimidated by them. Oh, also, uh, Leah says hello. <laughs> she's back. She's just, oh, she's just hiding down pretty. there. Our mascot. <laughs> yes, our mascot. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when, when you're writing... Uh, Amanda, I think you're so brave. I think that's going to help a lot of people. Thank you. I, I you know, I hope so. That's why we did it. That's why we did it. I, I think like my, I think my family members were really the brave ones. Like I'm just the storyteller. They're the ones who have said, it's okay. You can talk about this. We want the story out there and really encourage me to write it. So I think that that's really, this is something about them too, that they trusted me with that and that they're going with it. I'm really impressed by them. I've got a question for, uh, for Amanda and Laura, um, when you're writing um, a memoir or uh, a nonfiction book a about travel tips, um, how do you take okay. that knowledge that you have in, in your head and then turn it into something that's easily readable for people? Because in, in my head, if I if I know a lot about, you know, a certain program, I, I don't know that I could necessarily teach you about that program. It's all just a big jumble in my head. How do you how do you get that organized and streamlined enough to to really connect with others? So you're asking me because, like I said, it's still cutting out a little bit. Are you asking me how I organize the whole darn thing? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, like I said, I just started writing a little bit about the history, and then I just got into the rest of uh, what I thought people ought to know because travel back in the 70s was so much nicer than it is now and you have to know your luggage can get lost and all kinds of bad things can happen to you and then I just sent it off to my daughter and uh, she immediately took out all the funny things that I thought I had in there she said some of them weren't PC whatever that is so she took out some of the I had one in there that you could bring along your favorite pleasure and she said mom I don't think anybody's ready for that one so <laughs> what? You're now one of my favorite new people. So I had this editor daughter, you know, who took out some of the stuff I thought was really humorous, but you know, you uh, got to stay on the good side of your kids. They might have to take care of you later. So that's true. That's very true. <laughs> well, and listening to Tosca talk about how she composes her book is is quite a process too. She's got a she's got a, a serious process going on. <laughs> is she more of a plotter? Well, the way the way she tells it, she is a, a plotter, but also kind of lets it go her own way. I, I think last time I talked to her. Okay. Uh, but yeah. Well, Amanda, what what do you think? I I know that your your story was a, a little bit different because I think that you were already chronicling these experiences online, weren't you? Yeah, we had. Um... We'd been telling the story. I've been I've been writing a blog for a while, but I didn't really go back much and grab a lot from the blog. Just like a little paragraph here and there when I was trying to quote from it. I wanted to write it fresh, um, and I wanted to really get into the deep feelings. Uh, I remember when I talked about my wife Zoe coming out when she came out um, to everyone. I wrote a blog post. It was called "World Meet My Wife." And in it, I said that there had been some hard times uh, to get to this moment, that, that, but that we were very much in love and that things were going really well. And I said that was a story for another time. And the reason I didn't talk about it online is because I had to um, get really uncomfortable and sit with those feelings. So I actually like went away to a couple of um, friends' cottages all alone with like a couple bottles of wine and I wrote and I wrote those really hard parts. But um, I had too much material. I think that's what ended up happening. So I just want to give a shout out to editors everywhere. Editors are incredible and they have uh, so much to do. Yeah, Rebecca's saying it right now. Gotta stay on the good side of your editor. Yeah. Yes, editors are the best. They, um, they, you know, like uh, my name's on the book. My editor had so much to do with the shaping of it. They're my words. It's it's our story. Um, it's my voice. But she was really good at saying, Amanda, does, this doesn't really need to be here. Um, you know, this this can you know this can be saved for another book or another time, or you could try moving this over here. So what I started with the outline I started with um, because I did write an outline was um, not quite what I, I ended up with, but it's so much like what I have now is so much better. So I'm like shout out to editors. I love them so much. 
Yeah, yeah, editors have a hard, hard job taking all of our rough material and making it into something that people are going to want to read. Yep. <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. Oh, we're getting so many comments on here. I just love it. Awesome. I love it. Yes, the Panzer versus Plotter thing. That's That's been something that uh, I think will go on into infinity. Well, it's yeah. because we, we feel the need to say one or the other when truly it's it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Even if yeah. you are a hardcore plotter, you're still pantsing some of it. And even if you're a hardcore pantser, you're still thinking of, you know, the end result ahead of time. You're still plotting a little bit, even if it's just in your mind. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's sure. just not on paper. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Uh, Laura, did you enjoy writing the book, or or did it feel like work to you? You're still breaking up. If you're asking me a question, I I, I am. I'm sorry. Um, I was asking if if writing that book brought you enjoyment, or did it did it feel like work to you? Oh, are you talking about my little travel book? Yeah. Okay. So here's what happened. I had no idea that I was going to have to learn about websites and blogs and Instagram, which I never had done before. Now I have an Instagram. I have a blog. It's like my my older friends are going, you got to be kidding. I had to learn all these things. I had to learn about hashtags last week. <laughs> Who knew, right? <laughs> I have joined the, the, the modern world here. <laughs> How much fun is this? You know, that's an important I thing. I think to my know daughter's too. trying to keep keep me from starting drinking or something. Maybe she thinks this will keep me off the streets. <laughs> well, I'm I'm wondering, when you put in your book that you could bring your favorite pleasure, were you talking about like a stuffed animal or a pillow? <laughs> Say that I I still it's breaking up so much I can hardly hear what you're saying. I hope you can hear me. Mine's probably breaking up too. I can hear you. <laughs> I I asked what you meant when you said that you were going to bring your favorite pleasure when you were packing. No, I, I still can't understand what you just said. So Oh shoot. Well the joke is lost, but that's okay. It was it was funny to the me. The joke is lost. Sorry, I'll, have to email. <laughs> I'll email it to you. I'm better I'm better at writing than I am at talking because well, you can edit it, you know, you can change it around. Amen. <laughs> amen to that. Mm -hmm. well, amen gonna, is right. Oh, yeah. gonna, this is the first time I've ever been live on anybody's show. So I just want to tell you thank you so much and, and uh I look forward to uh reading your book, Amanda. I mean, that is really brave. So I, I'll have to venture out a little bit further. Thank you very much. Oh, thanks. Yeah, let me know what you think. Um, you know, maybe not like the people, some of the people on Twitter, let me know what they think. But <laughs> Twitter can be a nasty place. Oh, Twitter. Twitter, we have yeah. such a love, hate. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter. Well, and we've got some, some more great comments. Uh, Leslie says, Amanda's book allowed my late 80-year-old parents to understand me and come to love who I am, which is Aww. amazing. And then uh, Stephanie with the Actually, real question of the hour. I was going to say one more thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. My Way back when, my daughters thought I should write my autobiography. And because they wanted to know all the deep, dark secrets of the 50s and the 60s and everything. And I thought they were really going to be some revelations. But I don't think it's going to do anything to open their eyes. I think in this day and age, they've probably seen it and heard it all. So I think I better just keep mine kind of silent. I don't think I dare publish it. <laughs> <laughs> but if I do, I'll let you guys know, okay? All right. Yes. We would love yeah. that. Yeah, my daughter begged me to write mine. <laughs> no, I, they would no. be terrified. No, I did. Silence. It was about my high school years. Being oh, big. really? Yeah. I, I have not read that. Yeah. Time to put that on the TBR list. And right. it, it, it's fictionalized, but not. <laughs> Names okay. have been changed to protect I was in love with the. I was in love with the. I was like, no. So they think that's really a scandal, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
So, <laughs> so I better not say any more because he's still living. So you know you can't tell everything. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, and uh, Stephanie Woolley says, "Love lives here, part two. I oh, feel Stephanie. like this is this is a good question. I'm not just going to keep putting it up there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Stephanie, we're going to talk later. Um, <laughs> Stephanie's coming to my award ceremony. So we're going to have some words. Um, no, there is no Love Lives Here Part 2 because our lives are very dull now. Love right? grows old. Right. Like, like I cannot emphasize enough how boring we are. Like, we went through all these changes, but really we're just more authentically dull now. Okay? That's really what it comes down to. So I am writing another book. Yes, that is happening. Uh, but it is not a continuation of the last book um, because there isn't uh -huh. much to talk about. I mean, you know, what would I tell you that, you know, we fight over what to watch on Netflix because that's what we fight about. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Or like how I want for every family though. Uh, right? Exactly. It, it is the most typical thing. I think people, they hear the word transgender and they suddenly just go, oh, that's other. Right. And the whole point of my book and this and, and us telling our story like we have is really just to normalize what is entirely like typical. Right. It's not something that happens to everyone, but it's just a facet of what somebody is. It's just one part of who they are and everything else is exactly the same. That's it. So <laughs> what, what 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 is this new book going to be? Is this going to be nonfiction or? Um, so, uh, it, I'm hoping to write something on mental health this time mm. and probably about my own mental health. Mostly. Um, there's a lot to tell. <laughs> See, I, I could also be a case study for you. <laughs> right. It's a lot to tell. Yeah. I have like a specific angle I want to go in on that I'm really excited about. I'm, I'm, you know, I've got it in. Some people are reading my outline right now. They're deciding, you know, like my proposal, deciding if they like it or not. Fingers crossed. We are early days. We shall see. But I think no matter what, I'm going to write it because I think it's something I feel like it needs to be written. And whenever I feel it's something really needs to be written, I just go for it. And it doesn't really matter to me, um, you know, if it gets accolades or it gets like some publishers, uh, you know, stamp or something, it just needs to be written. So this is one of those things where I really want to write it. And that that's what matters. That's awesome. Well, and I think that the the success of Love Lives Here too will, will make it a little easier for people to, it'll make it, it'll make it so that your new book is more visible for people um, so that it can say this is, you know, by the author of Love Lives Here and they'll say, oh, well, I love that book and I'd like to check this one out too. Um, so that'll be kind of a cool thing. You know, that's, been, what, that's what I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I would like to, I would like to write a memoir of my own and it, this is on my, my list. Really? For the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. And, um, Everything is, is pretty secretive right now about it. Um, you know, there's no publisher or editor or anything else. It's just my brain. Uh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm wondering, um, is, there, is there a good way to start? Because in, in my head, I want to start at something that was kind of a, kind of a big event and, you know, something that, that had a lot of... Um, where, why, why, am I, why am I losing the word here, guys? Impact. Yeah, that, that'll work. Um, yeah, so something that had a lot of impact and work from there and then maybe do backstory. But is it better to go chronological and kind of start at the beginning? Or what do you think? It really depends. Um, I know for me, I started at um, uh, I started the book where my wife comes out to me like in that moment and what that felt like. And then I break and I go back into our childhoods and I mostly go chronological throughout the book um, with a couple of flashbacks to previous times, three or four of those throughout the book when they mattered, when it was a good time to put them in. Initially, I was going to do it entirely chronologically, but it made more sense as we worked through the editing process to move some things around. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think, it can, it doesn't really matter. It, it's, it's what's going to flow for you. And then what's going to flow for the reader. It, it, what kind of message are you trying to get across? 
how can you best get that message across? Is it in a chronological way? But I will say, as somebody with ADHD, throwing me into a very captivating moment right at the start is going to keep me going. I'm not somebody who can pick up a book that is a slow read and keep going. I lose my focus too quickly. So if you want attention from people like me with my brain, it's a really good spot to put us in. You make a good point too, not only for, for the ADHD minded, but um, that whole in media res start, which works for fiction as well, it, it can also help to contextualize what's happening because you give that pivotal moment and then you give the meaning behind it so they can go, oh, that's why this is there. But it's mm -hmm. done in that immediacy order and then explanation so that you don't have the, the boredom angle, which sometimes people don't like backstory because they don't want to, to take the time to understand. They want to get to the excitement. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and sometimes uh, these- I started are... uh, my book that, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Laura. I was going to say, reading Tosca Locker, I said their books saying, uh, you know, 70 summers have gone by or whatever. If you read her book, you'll see it in there. I quoted it. And I found, I woke up and found my, myself an old lady, an old woman. And so now I need to go back and review my life. And so, you know, you can start at age 20 or 30 or something. And, and, uh, it's a good thing to start writing these things down because you might have funny parts, right? Yeah, for sure, definitely. Well, and I'd like to ask all of your opinions on something because these biographies and memoirs can be um, very raw and exposing um, for not only the, the author, but for the people they're talking about. Um, you know, how much is, is too much information to include if you're talking about your life, but there are other people involved, you know, how much of them do you really put in the story, you know, ethically, you know, what, what is okay? Maybe Nobody you could get them to, to put in their thoughts along the way. What, you, you can say, always Amanda? edit them out if you don't like them. I made it as fiction, so. I, I like Jane's approach because you're right. If you, if you put somebody into your memoir and it paints them in a very bad light, even though the events are true to your recollection, everybody has their own story and they might not have seen it the same way and they could cause problems later. So yeah, that's a really good point to, to question about. Oh, it's yeah. huge. It's a big responsibility. Um, I know for me, when it came to describing, I also go back and talk about my high school bullying days and um, there were some pretty horrific moments and um, I changed my, um, I changed the names of the people who were bullying me um, so that their identities would be protected. I mean, really there was no benefit to naming them anyway. How does that help them? It doesn't, how does that help me? It doesn't, right? I'm telling this story to help others. That is the objective of the book. And again, the objective of the book, what you're trying to um, help people get out of it is, is so important to keep in mind. Um, the other thing is when you're writing about other people and it's especially sensitive, um, like people coming out, for example, it's really important to get their, um, uh, you know, their consent. I think consent is really important with the, with, when it comes to something like this. So I actually had uh, my wife, Zoe, and my daughter, Alexis, and uh, our other children read all their individual parts before it ever went to the publisher for the first time. And then once I was done with all the editing with my editor, read it again, because I said, look, once this is out, it's out. I want to make sure you're absolutely comfortable with the things that are in here. Um, and so that's, you know, I left some things out because again, I'm not going to, my aim wasn't to hurt anybody or make right. anyone uncomfortable. So yeah, I, I do think it's important to be true to ourselves, but also bear in mind that these are other people's lives that we're affecting as well. Yeah. Well, here, here's a question for the panel and for anyone who's watching, if you want to chime in, say you have this hypothetical author. Uh, so we're going to do all the hypotheticals here just to be safe, right? And uh, while this person was growing up, they were badly abused by their stepfather. And that abuse played a big part in their development and, and who they ended up becoming as a person because of the struggle. Um, is that something that you can get into? Um, 
because that you know stepfather is probably still out there and a real person but it's also kind of a, a big part of the story what do you think my life is so simple compared to you guys's. <laughs> this is hypothetical. <laughs> this hypothetical author. The stepfather hypo as just stepfather. Well, he, he, he doesn't have completely? to. He doesn't have to have a name, but obviously, if the if the author publishes that work, people are going to read about the stepfather. And what right? if the author published it under a pen name? Yeah. yeah. Pen name or, or Well, I just admire all of you who can write a big book. Because, you know, mine's only 20-some pages, and it's just uh, facts. And that's what I've always written about were facts. So I don't have anything to do with fiction or fantasy or anything like that. I hardly know how to do that. So I admire you all terribly. Well, well uh, thank you. You can but... think these things up, or you can write about something about your own family and uh, put yourself out there on the limb. Well, I'm, I'm in awe. So. Fiction is really just facts with a little bit of flourish added to it. That's all it is. You know, we, yeah. we take all the things from the real world and just add a lie about it a little bit more. <laughs> Embellish it. Yes, that's right. Embellish, that's that's nicer than saying lie. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's what I do with, with all of my books. And I know that I've, uh, I've said this before, is that um, I'll take a, a real life event that's happened in my life or something that a friend has told me about <laughs> and uh, and I'll take and I'll build the story around that because I really have like having that um, that factual backbone for the story. It, it, it's it's kind of like that, that rock that I could keep going back to and touching to say, OK, this is the real thing. I can keep building around it. And and it doesn't work that way for everyone. But for me, it, it works really, really well. The, the story I'm writing right now um, is about a good friend of mine, Jenny, and she's kind of a, a magnet for paranormal activity. All sorts of crazy stuff has happened in her life. And so she, she wrote me an email that uh, kind of went over everything that she could remember that she experienced. I said, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build something around this. So while a lot of it is factual, um, it's still a fictionalized uh, story. But, but, you know, facts are the backbone to it. Mm-hmm. And Katie and Jane, you guys are doing something ser uh, similar with the uh, demon lady who escapes from hell, right? That was was that based on Katie or? <laughs> <laughs> no. I have so many new books to read. <laughs> <laughs> the book, Even... book, yeah, book three is due out on the fifteenth. So. Wow! Awesome. <laughs> I don't have my paperbacks here like I do at home. <laughs> I need to order mine too because I've got a, an event coming up next month. So I got to oh. order copies. Yeah. Yes. 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 So I have a question for anyone who's written more than one book. Um, I found the process very daunting the first time. Uh, for some weird, uh, inexplicable reason, I want to do it again. Um, but I, I mean, were you exhausted after the writing and editing process and everything the first time? And what, how long did it take you before you dove back in? Why don't you two ladies up top take that one since you've written like 20 books? You've, you've way got the experience. I'm at 49. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, once I was let loose by my family to, to write, <laughs> I'll put it that way. Um, I think I wrote six books in 18 months. What? Yes. How? Because I had 20 years of these stories pinging around okay. in my head and, and watching and, and all of this stuff. And it just came out like word vomit. And then, okay. then it was another two years before I could, you know, before I had it edited and, and, <laughs> yes, <laughs> 20 years of word vomit. And then I could, you know, think clearer now. It was really quite odd. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I, and I did one after another, after another, after another. Now, now it takes me a little bit more to step back into it because especially after, you know, writing a trilogy or a series or something like that to step out of those people's lives that we've created, and I say we because Katie and I did this together for you know the last trilogy, 
it was really hard to go on to something else. I had to sort of say goodbye to them before I could, you know, do something else. It's hard to change gears. Like when when you're in one mindset, it's hard to jump into another character's headspace. Yes, it is. So yeah, although you write twice as fast as I do. So whereas I may take a break between books, usually about a month or so, Mm -hmm. uh, you are like raring to go on the next book. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's crazy. I don't understand. Where does this come from? I don't know. It's it's harder to write the single title books than, than the series. Because if I get into a series, I get to know the characters. And I just want to, you know, they're demanding more. It's not me. <laughs> and I prefer and I, series. I like to really dive into the characters, their world, and develop them over a series of books rather than trying to do it all in one space. Yeah. So I, I prefer that. And then I can live in that world for, you know, maybe two years while I'm writing their series. Yes. Well, and yes. We have and a... then connect other books to that world. It's it's just all intertwined. So and we have a good question from uh, Mike Feria. Uh, and Mike asked, what would you say is the most difficult genre to write in? For whatever reason, I stopped dead in my tracks when thinking about writing nonfiction, but I like to read nonfiction. One of the scary things about trying is that everything needs to be 100% fact-checked or someone is going to call you out. Mike, they do that with fiction, too. Just oh, so yeah. You know. Don't ever uh, mention a gun unless you know what you're talking about in fiction. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, do you, what do you guys think? What's the most difficult genre to, genre to write in? I think oh, it's fantasy. I, yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, I'll take nonfiction a thousand times over fiction. I find fiction. I So it's funny because I love to read fiction, but I will only write nonfiction. I don't know why that is. I, I just I, I'm in awe of fiction writers being able to come up with these amazing stories and, you know, put them all together. Um. But yeah, I understand what you're saying, Mike, because uh, I had to go back and fact check a lot of stuff too. And then also when you're dealing with um, an ever evolving issue or topic um, like the LGBTQ community, some of the words uh, even changed throughout the book. So like I would start writing and I sort of had the, you know, I was using certain terms and two, two years later when I was done writing the book, I had to go back and change a couple of terms that had really evolved in that time. So it is amazing what can happen. It's, it is, it's, it's a, you have to sort of keep on top of it, but also there's something kind of comforting about writing what you know. So, you know, that was easy. It's my own story. It's my own life. It's my family's life. So that was simple. Uh, we have our editor friend, uh, Rebecca, that uh, is weighing in on what she thinks is the hardest thing to write. Uh, and she Plug says, autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> Every time I try to write it, I get all choked up. <laughs> yep. I had to put my glasses on for that, Rebecca. <laughs> Rebecca. <laughs> wow, Rebecca. That was, that was, oh, I love it. I, lo- I love it, Rebecca. And uh, R- Regine says um, hard sci-fi. And I'll tell you what, I I bet that's incredibly difficult because not only are they creating a, a, a fantasy universe, but they are also trying to stick as close as they possibly can to science that may not even exist yet um so that would be uh that would be very difficult mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I agree with sci-fi being a hard one um anybody seen the expanse yeah okay that's based on a book series which i now have on top of my tbr list because i want to read it it was one of the the first sci-fi television series that seemed legitimately possible and I really enjoyed that fact. And and again, it's that hard sci-fi angle. It has to be believable. And they really did keep it believable within 200 years of our current future. So now I'm going, I got to read these books. I've got to see how close the TV series stuck with the books. And apparently there's quite a few of them too. Wow. Interesting. Well, speaking of, uh, of shows. I can't wait to it... hear this all on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Have, have any of you since watched... it's cutting out every other word it's like this will be really fun to listen to <laughs> have, have any of you watched the anyway, show sex education um, on my Netflix? battery says it's real oh, low so i plugged in again but okay shall good i good. leave you a bit more 
and I can thank you for having me. Oh, if, if you, you want to go, Appreciate you can. It. Otherwise, yeah. I can't yeah. go. Okay. No, you. <laughs> you could. You could do whatever you want. <laughs> no, I plugged in. I said you hey, can. You can stay or you can go. My battery holds out on this little phone. It's awful. You guys all have such nice <laughs> professional backgrounds and everything. It's like, oh man, I feel bad about that. So. Do you see? Do you see Jane's up there? <laughs> no, I mean it looks nice. It looks nice. You're in the condo. You're in the basement. Hey. I'm in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, classy so writing setup. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I've got child's artwork right behind me. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, it, and if you see this way, it looks all nice. But if you pan that way, you you see I'm just in like a closet in the art room. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we're, we're shattering everyone's fantasy here. Hold on, uh, guys. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is just one of my basements. <laughs> I have many. Okay. A few moments of... That can be interpreted in many ways. Just saying. <laughs> to Rebecca's comment. That's right. That's, that's right. Rebecca, where are you on this one? <laughs> Oh, Rebecca, and, and also uh, speaking of inappropriate, uh, that's just how I think of you. But um, have have any of you watched the the show Sex Education on Netflix? No, should I? I it's, am in love with it. It's pretty amazing. Okay, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Do not watch it while the children are awake. No, <laughs> no. Mine are grown up though. Oh, yeah. I I told my children to watch it without me. Like, I was like, it's okay if you want to watch this show. It's a great show. It, it's factual. It's funny. It, like, doesn't yeah. talk down to teenagers. But, like, go watch it without me. Just because you're going to get really uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. be in the same room as my That's kids right. watching that. I will invite my daughter and her boyfriend over and sit them down. <laughs> this is how they do it in the UK, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness oh goodness well based oh. on last week i don't have to do that with <laughs> oh. oh we've well we've got a series of comments from rebecca here of course oh, no. well, <laughs> so she says she keeps all of her authors in basements and then uh oh wait 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 wait, wait. I'm, I'm skipping i'm skipping none of them complain <laughs> that's what ball gags are for <laughs> Rebecca, can we be, be best friends? <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, Rebecca is actually a, a, a publisher uh, and, and an editor, and she is, she is fantastic. But she keeps us all on her toes. And yeah. Reg, Regine up there is actually her husband, who for some reason doesn't use his real name. It's driving me crazy. But they're they're a lot of fun. Can we come up with a name for Regine? <gasps> Let's do it. Ooh. Let's do it. Well, we came up with something at one point, didn't we, guys? It's like it if was we like, did, I forgot. Maybe I was drinking. I don't know. Not, it was like <laughs> naughty rabbit or something like that. I can't remember what it was exactly. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, we're we're uh, getting kind of towards that. You guys uh, are fun. <laughs> <laughs> we try. <laughs> Laura, I hope that you can hear. Yeah, some don't of what's tell going Tosca on, anything, okay? Yeah. <laughs> we can you can you hear me now, Laura? Can you hear me, Laura, or no? Anyway, um, all right. Now I can hear you. What'd you say? Okay, so we all really want to know what pleasures you wanted to pack in your bag. <laughs> well, uh, did you ask me what to pack in my bag? What pleasures? The part that, that Tosca took out. The, the part that Tosca took out. <laughs> what? Amanda. <laughs> it's lip gloss. Calm down. Are you asking me the part she took out of my book? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I told her I, we have the question and answers at the back and I put in all different kinds of things, like from the neighbors who says she likes to bring five different pairs of shoes and all this, which she doesn't need. And and I said, you know, what, could, you know, could I bring my own brand of pleasure? And I, 
answered it and said, if it's your boyfriend you're talking about, tell him to get his own ticket. So <laughs> she took that out. <laughs> oh. when your kids grow up, you know what I mean? <laughs> do not watch sex education with her. Don't do no. it. <laughs> X-rated. <laughs> anyway, oh. I wish I could hear every single thing up terribly so i'm going to listen to it on youtube and then i'll hear everything y'all said for the second okay. time and then what? i'll be in trouble thank you That's very right. much we'll be in big yeah, i can't wait to go listen to it right now so. <laughs> <laughs> thank you again yes thank you thank I'm you laura. Gonna leave it was... now because it still is breaking up okay, okay. Thanks, it was laura. good talking with you laura bye, bye. bye thank laura you. thank you bye-bye thank you bye Oh, uh, oh! Now we're in the a little, we're a little too close now. Let's see, what can we do about that? Oh God, no, no, no! We don't want that. This is Hollywood Lord. squares. So good. Oh. I'm really pleased with this light. It makes my teeth look really white. Well, it's yeah. like the, it's like this no. nice soft white light raining down on you. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's lovely. Wow. And it's... I'm in this grayish. <laughs> At least I don't look as gray as what I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because you guys are 200 years old. You're going to start to lose some pigment. I know. <laughs> I tried to stand out the sun. <laughs> okay. Full disclosure, I went to Mac today and I had her do all my foundation because I had to buy foundation anyway. And then I had her put the bronzer on. And anyway, I bought like double what I wanted to buy today, but it makes my skin look amazing. So thank you, you cosmetics. You look fabulous. Oh, wait, hang on, hang on. We got to. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, and I was trying to bug Zoe into peeking her head in tonight, but she apparently doesn't want to. Oh, oh, she's sad. just, you know, we had a big day at the mall. Yeah. We were at the mall. <laughs> you know, that's tiring. She had to try on a lot of clothes and look amazing in them. And I had to tell her she looked amazing in them. And that's, mm. yeah. And then like the kids were like, we're bored. We want to go home. As soon as we feed them in the food court, right? And they're like, can we go home now? And that was it. So then we sent two of them home on the bus. We're like, bye. <laughs> yeah. That is an exciting life. Right I know. <laughs> I know. It's, it's thrilling. It's a mile a minute around here. <laughs> and uh, I can see why there might be a little envy about the author life. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. <laughs> We, uh, you, you kind of touched a little bit on the fact that you get a you get a lot of hate. Um, I'm just wondering because we, as authors, and me not so much. I'm not popular enough to really get a lot of hate yet. I've got a couple angry emails, but um, a lot of times authors will end up with some hate mail or some trolls or people that just want to be jerks and mess with them. But um, you know, as someone with, I think you've, you're followed by 50,000 people on Twitter. So that's a lot of opportunity for interactions with people and some of them probably pretty unpleasant. How do you, how have you learned to, to cope with something like that, to cope with uh, negative interactions? Well, um, so the first time I got a whole lot of hate at once was a couple of years ago. And um, I cried in my basement uh, this basement, actually. So in, in this is like room? an iconic basement. Yeah, in this room. Uh, and I ordered pizza and I watched, um, you know, 1990s, early 2000s rom-coms. Lots of Meg Ryan. Lots of Meg oh, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. It was very, very soothing for my soul. Uh, and the second time it happened, I adopted a rescue kitten. I don't recommend that as a course of action, but she's very cute. She looks a lot like your cat, Jason. Yeah, okay. very, very All cute. Right. Um but uh, yeah, now I just sort of think that it's about understanding, again, it's people's motives, right? So like, the other day, this awful website, somebody sent me the link to it. And they were like, hey, uh, so they posted some pretty nasty things about you and your family. So I went to go check it out. And they had stolen a photo of me in a bathing suit. And, uh, and my wife, too. But my wife looks amazing in her bathing suit. But this, this was particularly... Um, 
an awful one for them to steal because it was the first time I had gone to the beach in a bathing suit in years because I had been when my eldest, who's now 23, was about a year old. And I was very badly fat shamed by some people who were there. They made fun of me and called me a beached whale. And it was like just a really bad experience. And then I said, I'm never doing that again. Uh, and very, very rarely was out in a bathing suit in public. And finally, I just thought, you know what? At the time I was like, I am 42 years old. I am too old for this. Put on a bathing suit, went to the beach, took a picture in it, got my power back. And then somebody took that picture and called me a fat pig. <laughs> so, so that could have just destroyed me. And, uh, Okay, so if I, uh, so Rebecca says every time you get hate mail, donate $5 to LGBTQIA charities, I would be out of a house. <laughs> I literally would have no food to feed my children. I love this idea. I do it occasionally. I'm not exaggerating. Somebody would repo my car, okay? <laughs> it's a lovely, lovely thought though. I love that. Anyway, uh, you know what I did is um, I laughed. I laughed. I was like, wow, what does it take for a person to, to steal a picture, write a very poorly written, I might add, full of spelling errors, um, you know, comment about me and my family, my lovely family uh, that has done no harm. That is a very, you know, fantastic group of people. And, and like, that's what you get to pick on. You're picking on the fact that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a fat person. Ooh, <laughs> wow. You know, that means my life's pretty good if that's what you got to go. Right. So yeah, I just, I just let it roll right off my back. And then I posted something about it on Twitter and then I started getting hate mail about that. Oh, well, you know, if you didn't care, you wouldn't post a whole thread about it. And I was like, Oh, you don't understand. I'm doing that to inspire other people that you can actually um, have this experience and, 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 and learn how to not care. I, yeah, I think it's just been like a process, right? So from like crying on the floor, eating pizza to rescue kittens. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I, I was trying to share my screen here, but apparently I've lost the ability to do that. But I'm actually looking at your response to that uh, that fat shaming. And it is a video of you eating potato chips with a very yep. F.U. expression on your face. And <laughs> my heart just melts as I watch. <laughs> that was that. That was my reply. My reply literally was pop a, pop a can of Pringles. And video myself eating a chip. Yep. yep. And then just smirking into the camera. And that was that. Like, yeah, you know what? I like my chips. Thank you. Thank you. And I like wearing a bathing suit. And now I'm going to wear one that's even more, uh, you know, revealing next year. And I'm going to eat a burger in it just for those guys. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. You have taken, uh, you, it's it's really pretty beautiful. One of my favorite things, and and I, I know it shouldn't be, is is seeing your responses to trolls, um, because you've gone from like you said, you know, crying in your basement. Um, oh, Rebecca wants to be your friend too, Amanda. I know we're like <laughs> we're instant best friends now. Done. But but now it's it's not not only does it does it not hurt your feelings. You actually you post it and you laugh about it and you make fun of them, which I have to imagine is is worse for them than anything else you could do. I think it's, it's empowering to yeah. you. Yeah. It's just, a, you know, like what, what else are you going to do? I, I just, I can't give them my power. I just got it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just got that. I just mm -hmm. got over that stuff. I'm not going to let someone else take it away. And that, you know, I know it's, it sounds easier said than done. It, it is hard. And when you have other issues, I have mental health issues. You know, I have trauma from, you know, from everything from being set on fire in front of my high school to, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff. Trust me, I get it. It is not always easy, but I just woke up and one day and realized I can't spend the rest of my life living it for other people. I can't. So that's what the, that's what the book is about. That's what my life is about. And that's what the message is about. Really. It's just, you know, um, I'm not going to get bullied anymore and my family's not going to get bullied and we're going to live. Hell yeah. Hell mm -hmm. yeah. And eat Pringles. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Stephanie says, so good, Amanda, uh, BTW, when is uh, love lives here? Part two coming out. Um, she, she she didn't actually say that but uh but keep pressing stephanie keep keep on her about this 
Um, all right, and then we have one more comment from Rebecca, and then we've got to wrap up the show today. Rebecca says, those people see a loving couple and think it's something awful. Clearly, they have no taste or perspective. Or life. They, they really mm-hmm. don't. Well, this has been a lovely talk. I, 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 I feel bad that, uh, that our other, other guests couldn't hear us very well, but hopefully going back on YouTube, she'll be able to hear the whole conversation and, and really cringe at everything that I said. Um, that's, that's always my goal. Um, <laughs> but uh, it has been so lovely talking with all of you. And for everyone that's watching, thank you so much for being here. Um, please, if you could, if you're on YouTube or Facebook, doesn't matter, click like on the video, share it around, subscribe, whatever you want to do, um, and then come visit us again next week. We'll be here at the same time. And, and tell them that I want that you want me back so I can come back and hang out. Yes, and we want yeah. Amanda back. Yes. Welcome back anytime. Seriously. <laughs> oh, thanks. Seriously. Oh, oh yeah, we gotta, we've got to plug Amanda's book one more time. We always do that. Bye, love lives here. Seriously, it will change your freaking life um it really did for me um and you will also ball your eyes out so you know it's kind of a fun bonus and, and don't forget our our lovely sponsor oh yes we can't forget our sponsor oh my gosh katie <laughs> i'm supposed to be doing this at the beginning of the show what the heck man you know you, you can't trust me to do stuff even do anything. i know i know i keep hitting the i keep hitting the button too fast um, so, <laughs> so Creative Edge Publicity Services, uh, which is incidentally also in Canada, we love Canadians, um, has uh, is our sponsor for this show. They're making it possible for us to use this wonderful video platform and to produce our podcast. We are very appreciative of them, and they actually bring us a ton of amazing guests um, too to have on the show. So thank you so much uh, to Mickey and his Creative Edge team. So, and everybody else, we love you. Have a good night.